like I said, it's like it's like asking a toddler to stay still. It's just impossible. But, but what oh. is it? Why haven't you oiled that chair? Okay. Well, where's my uh, where's my WD forty? <laughs> See, but what does it? How mad does it make you that noise? Because there are, when it's windy in our house outside in the garden, there's this like metal pole, I think it is, and it like when it blows, it just goes right. Oh, Right, and Ree like is just going mad. She can't sleep, and she'll just literally have to go downstairs and sleep in the like. She's bought <laughs> ear earplugs. She's like really started to lose her mind over it. So is, oh, this, is this? Do you feel the same about Cal's ch- shit chair? Um, Flav's got a chair as well, but I've tried and tune it out. It's not. It's not easy though. But I'm trying, trying to be a better person, which is good because it's um, it's quite a stressful scenario. Um. Hello world and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. episode 50. Um, I am your host, John Bass. It's another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means that I am joined by uh, T and uh, also Cal, the squeaky chaired moron. Um, so this is our 50th episode, T, which is quite a big deal, isn't it, mate? Um, it's fucking and so mental. It is mental, mate. It's, fu- it's fucking mental. And so, we, you know, I thought I'd just... Normally I'll start the pod with a proper introduction, but I thought I'd just let it go and people get an insight into... Uh, what the Notorious P.O.D. really is about, which is basically the three of us uh, cunting each other off over stupid, just non-important things for most of our life. That's what the English are best at. Mm-hmm. That is true. Piss out of each other. Yeah, that is true. Self 100%. self-deprecation is kind of is kind of the key. Um, Cal, what is have you WD forty your chair? No, I haven't. No, I've I've had a difficult day. So, <laughs> I've had a hard You've been to the dentist and um, your face was numb, and you got you got a couple of requests from us, didn't you? Yeah, just, you did. Yeah, because I don't want to be mean, but you know what? I'm just going to do it. I kind of felt like Conway the Machine when I came <laughs> out of because he's got bless him, he's got a droopy face, isn't he? And that's why I felt like. And at the end of the appointment, the dentist nurse lady said to me, "Oh, you, here's a mirror. Do you want to have a look at your teeth?" And I went to like open my mouth and I realised I could only open half of my mouth. Fuck. And I just felt like a fucking <clears throat> div. But you know what? Next week to get them all back, because I've got to go back again and have exactly the same treatment done again. And oh, another shit. filling and another clean. Uh, but it was fine. I'm going to finish it and then I'm going to crack open a can of Coke, neck it, dump it on the floor, senseless waste. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just just for the listeners like i want to give them a bit of an insight into what our banter is like because you sent us a message going oh hopefully i'll be okay for later i've just obviously been to the dentist like half my face is numb and then obviously you know like again this is no no shade on conway right i know no. that it was a, it was a shooting like that happened i think that caused the injury to his face right but obviously you've drawn the the parallels there and gone okay i'm like machine um and so i i asked you to send me a video didn't i yes um, did Saying what? Saying this machine, bitch. <laughs> with, with, with your numb face. It was really good value. Um, if it wasn't so offensive, I would definitely put it on Instagram. But I'm not going to because I don't want to end anyone's um, career uh, and livelihood. So, um, yeah, but it was funny. It was a great moment. I really enjoyed it. But is your face all right now? It's fine. My jaw aches a little bit, but that's it. I'm absolutely fine. Not, Do you not... punch yourself in the face when, when you get numbs? <laughs> No, no I've done, I think I might have done that in the past. Like when you're numb, it's like, yeah, I feel tough. Bang, give myself a couple of slugs in the face. But today I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I was really, I was really wanted to up. eat. Yeah, I was. I was being a grown up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's, it's always good. Like if, yeah, you can just get like a pen, like jab it in to your face. 
because it's just see what the threshold is. It's a it's a weird thing that we all do when you like yeah go to the dentist or uh, you you know like you have any sort of numbing cream in any operation. Like you're obsessed with well, can I press it and not feel it? Like that's literally what it's designed to do. I don't know what we're expecting is going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are we going to learn from that? By punching ourselves in the face, going, "I didn't feel it." That's what it's supposed to fucking do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not really amazing, but there we go. Um, all right. Well, look, we've got um, we've got quite a lot to get through, so let's just jump into part one, the street report. So this is the latest from the world of hip hop. Um, DMX sadly passed away. We all know that it was it was a huge story in hip hop. It was a really sad moment for everyone. And not long after um, his death, it was announced that there was a posthumous album to be released, sort of, I guess, spearheaded by Swiss Beats, uh, and would have some amazing features, uh, Jay-Z and Nas on a track together, etc. So there was a kind of quite a bit of hype about this album, because people were like, actually, do you know what, we haven't had a new DMX project for a while, this seems like it could be something quite exciting. And obviously, with him passing away, it's like people, there's always more interest around that, isn't there? So the album's come out, Uh, I had a chance to listen to it. Um, Cal, I'm going to come to you first. Mm. What are your? Let's just like give me your high level views on how you feel about posthumous albums and how you felt about this posthumous album being announced, and then just tell me about the album itself and what your first thoughts are. It's an interesting point you make about uh, posthumous albums and um, or posthumous albums, as we should say it. Yeah, the correct English way of saying posthumous. Um, it's interesting because you think about it and you think, okay, what's like the best post-Hummus albums out there? And it's like Machiavelli, Life After Death. But neither of them were really posthumous. They were actually albums that were completed at time of passing. Is I, I think DMX was one of those as well. This was one of those that was complete, if not pretty much complete. It was just being mixed and stuff. Um, but for me, for this album, you can see it's got Swiss Beats his uh, fingerprints all over it. He's crowbarred his wife in there into the yeah. album. Uh, Bono's on the album. Um, yeah. Usher. Um, um, a little, do you know what was a little bit disappointing for me was that when he was doing some interviews not too long ago, DMX, before his passing, he said that uh, Pop Smoke was going to be on his album. Mm. Um, but that track didn't make the cut. I guess um, they needed to fit the Alicia Keys song in there somewhere. Well, I <laughs> think I saw um, I saw Swiss Beats talk about this, actually, mate, giving an interview. It's a good, it's a good shout. Um, basically, Pop Smoke, uh, with his album, his posthumous release, they used the verse that they were using on the DMX album. Because yes. obviously they were looking for material to use. So they used the verse, uh, which meant they obviously couldn't use it twice. Um, so they took it off the DMX project. And it, it apparently kind of all parties involved were happy with that. But that was the that was the rumor. And that's the reason it, it was taken off. I thought I thought that's what it was, because I saw that the other day that that the Pop Smoke estate were making another another project for him. And I saw that 50 Cent saying the other day that he's not going to be involved in this one, where he was very involved in the his first studio album. He's not really been involved in this second one that they've done. So that all kind of makes sense. I did have a listen to it, to the DMX album. Um, a lot of people are going mad over the Bath Salts track. Didn't do it for me, to be honest. Um, the Locks track, just generic, generic B-Tech Rough Riders. Um, the Snoop Dogg track, Take Control, just summing off of a Snoop Dogg mixtape. It was there. Um, I quite liked Walking in the Rain with Nas. I quite liked that. Um, I obviously liked the um, the the track with Griselda, um, Betty the mm. Butcher, Westside, and our guy Conway. Um, 
Yeah, it, but for me, I didn't have high expectations, to be honest, going into this album, and it pretty much lived up to what my expectations were, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, T, how about you, mate? How, how did you feel about, um, how do you feel generally about posthumous albums, and how do you feel about this uh, this Exodus album? Um, it's a weird one, really, because it just made me think of the Big L album, uh, mm. the, big, the Big Picture. I heard that album a good 10 years after it came out because I just didn't really I mean I really was into the first Big L album wasn't really that into him at the time of his death to be honest because there's about a four year gap three four year gap between that mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I don't know I mean it's it's necessary to you know keep the legacy going but it does kind of thin out after a while I think the two pack was in the studio like 20 hours a day and it kind of showed with the output after he died the the DMX album, I didn't have high expectations. I've not even listened to it yet, which is really bad. I said I would. I've not gone out listening to it, but my expectations, like Cal's, are pretty low. Um, I think, as I said at the, um, the podcast when he passed away, I've never really listened to much of his albums like in depth, but mm. DMX is one of those people who just transcends, you know, mere music. It's just his whole, you know, his whole image, his whole legacy is more than, you know, more than his music. I think it's meant a lot to a lot of people and. Now, I've listened to the album eventually, but Cal hasn't exactly filled me with with promise with his um with his review. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, to be honest, T, I'm going to probably not not help that cause. Am I? Yeah, go on. Am I being a prick by saying that DMX was of his time and that no matter what would have happened, I d- I'm not sure anything he could have made would have really translated into today's world of hip hop. Uh, see, I don't think that's that's harsh. I actually think that's that's actually common. Like for most rappers, right? They have mm-hmm. a peak period, and we've spoken about it a few times in terms of like it's a young man's game, right? So it's a young artist. Hip hop, by its very nature, is like p- trying to push the boundaries forward, and it's like always about the new, the latest thing. And so you have your period of buzz, and you get the you get the very rare like Jay Z and Nas's who are still relevant today. And when people like when they release stuff, people are like, oh wow, okay, this is either still decent or at least still relevant and they're excited by features and stuff like that but for most rappers they had their period and that was it and it's like it's kind of it's kind of cool if you get a feature on one album from someone once a year but no no one's really clamoring for a new project and so I i don't think that's particularly harsh mate and also i think like his his style and sound of hip hop was very like very him and of its time and that sound is again just doesn't really translate to now so I, I don't think that's a massive shock i think that so personally with the album i i just it, it felt unfinished like there's no for me there's no energy like the when i think of dmx i think of energy intensity like like viciousness almost and the intensity just wasn't there for me and like mm-hmm. i'm not saying that that's a like scathing shock to anyone like the the guy was on the telemenders of his like career and he's an older agent at the time of recording so of course he's not going to be the same as he was when he was in his early 20s i'm not that i guess it's not really the critique i'm making the the point i'm making is that you enjoy someone for a certain thing that they do and when they can't do that anymore it's kind of sad it's like you know i know you always talk about it with with boxers right there's a point when they're sort of they go and it's like this is quite sad actually now i don't really want to see them like taking punishment and same with footballers, their legs go, and you're like, I actually, don't want to. I don't want to see these players just crumble and just getting skinned every week. And I feel that's what it's like. It got to with this is like he's got a brilliant reputation and an amazing legacy, but this album 
like if it didn't exist no one would care it's just not it's just not very good it feels very patched together and there's no um there's no tone that runs through it's just it's just tracks it's just tracks put together Mm. and it yeah it's it's not great in my opinion but on the flip side of that i don't think it soils his legacy either because i think people understand that these albums really if it means that his family can eat off of the back of this album in some way, shape, or form, I don't care. I'm all for that. Like, fair play. Like, he, yeah, he's yeah. got a shitload of kids to look after. So, <laughs> okay. If it helps, it helps. Yeah, I, I think, think that's right. Go on, go on, go on, go on. I think the Buster Rams album kind of bucked that trend. That Because Buster Rams is mm. a little similar in the style. It's very shouty. Um, I think maybe the right album, you know, Dimmitz could have maybe done something. But hip hop is, is a young person's game. And a lot of the, a lot of the, the rappers in the GOAT conversation, their peaks were very, very short. Mm. Um, Jay-Z aside, um, you know, Nas's peak was probably you know, six, seven years. Um, Rakim's peak was probably when he was a Verrick B. And you know, anyone else in the top five is very similar. So, you know, it's not, as, as you guys have said, it's not an insult to DMX or his legacy that the album isn't a five mica. It doesn't tell his legacy at all. No. Yeah, that's true. No. Yeah, go on, Cal. What was no? I was just going to say what, just to go piggyback off your point, John, about you know how it was quite sad listening to it, and I think where it really stood out was on the Griselda track. Yeah, because you've got these three youngish kind of fresh MCs, and they're just doing their thing, and then kind of DMX comes in at the end, and he just doesn't sound right. He doesn't sound like he belongs on it. And I think the thing that we all know DMX for, and what made him so beloved, was the bangers. These things that make a party kick off and there's no tracks like that on this album at all um and that's that's the shame and, and swiss beats i've never been a fan of his yeah i've never really been a fan of his and it's a shame but like you guys said dmx is a legend it'll always be a legend this doesn't make any difference really um and if his family get a few quid out of it then that's wicked yeah no totally agree man i, I think the, the thing that stands out for me is his, his voice there was a couple of tracks and i was like who's this i was like I don't, like there's no feature on this track or you know, it's like these people have already been. So who's this? And I was like, oh no, this is DMX. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like it just doesn't doesn't sound like him. And the only thing I could put it down to is that, you know, sometimes they have like guide tracks where they're like they put their verse down and then they send it to other people to be like, do you want to be on this? And then they do their verses right, and then he dies before he gets to actually record his verse for real, like in right. the studio. That's what it felt like. I felt like demo versions of verses because they were just very mild. They were just they weren't. Like I said, they just didn't have that edge. So it felt to me like it was a mild delivery because it was obviously not finished. And they could use it because he completed the verse and he's it is him. But it just didn't it felt underwhelming. And I want I wonder how many tracks on there were like that where they were just like guide tracks for features to be like, Hey, do you want to jump on this track? Here's my verse. So you can you can write your own shit to it and it's kind of in the same theme. Do you know what I mean? So I wondered if there was a bit of that, because it just seemed very kind of weak which is the one thing I wouldn't describe DMX. So, yeah, generally a bit underwhelming, I would say. Cool. All right. Now we're going to pass uh, into the next phase of this 50th episode. We're going to get into part two, which is Back in the Day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid Back in the day is a story that references something or someone from the golden era. So we actually saw a really uh, interesting tweet that had gone out this week. Because there's loads of talk about Mount Rushmore of hip-hop. I saw one tweet actually was like, 
the goat Mount Rushmore for each era. And then people were like, we can't have a goat for each era. It literally means of all time. There is no <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it was just like fuming, like for fuck's sake. And it made me laugh. And then I saw another uh, tweet by I Am Still Punch on Twitter um, that we, we pulled up because we started discussing this in our WhatsApp group. I think one of you boys posted it um, into our chat. Um, and basically it's this idea of the Mount Rushmore of hip hop, but by era. So like if it was, you know, kind of four year periods, who would be the goats in those periods, which I actually think is the right way to do it because it's too difficult to nail it down to four eyes for the entirety of hip hop. So doing it this way, I thought was actually a really clever way of doing it. Now you can, I guess, argue the toss about like the four from each era, but just like the concept I thought was brilliant. I actually think broadly speaking, it's pretty accurate. So this is the Mount Rushmore by era. So 86 to 90, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, KRS-One, LL Cool J. Um, we might as well just go through these as we're talking about it. Um, T, any anyone on there that you think you would swap in or out for the, for the four that are named there? Because that, to me, sounds, just first look, sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, that's fairly solid. <clears throat> you know, KRS-One, you know, most of the hits at that time was a BDP. Mm. Um, Criminal Minded, classic album. Um, by any means necessary, I think it was the album after that. So, yeah, it's fairly accurate, but they're all from New York. So, it says mm. it all. Yes, I was just about to say Straight Out of Compton came out in 1988. There's a possibly could be a mention for NWA in there. Um, and Karis One's a bit of a pedo, so it might <laughs> might be an idea to pluck him out and put NWA in. Yeah. There's no groups there, is it? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess that's the the harsh thing because, and again, I know it's it's his it's his tweet, so he can do what he likes. But indeed, like I wonder if there's like a a weird thing where we just think about it has to be four individuals, but that's kind of mental because if like if the Wu Tang aren't considered to be like have the biggest run of a certain era, that is berserk to me. Mm. So I find that a bit weird. But anyway, um, ninety to ninety four, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Chuck D, and Scarface. So again, like for me, Wu Tang was ninety three, right? Thirty six yeah. chambers. Wu Tang yeah. were infinitely bigger than Scarface, for example, yeah. in that era. Yeah. And also, it's weird that it's Chuck D and not Public Enemy. I think yeah. Chuck D. Chuck D belongs in the previous area more than that one. I was about to say that. Yeah, that's a fair <clears> shout. We could take the pedo KRS one, chuck in Chuck D into there, and then put Wu Tang into that. <laughs> there we yeah, go. Right, and then ninety four, ninety eight. Uh, Tupac, Jay-Z, Nas, and Big. That is fucking solid, I think. Solid. Can't complain. That is as solid as it gets. Jay-Z was one for two, though, at that point. So, But, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Because his second album was shit. Yeah, I think yeah. I think there's a valid point there with Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z's peak perhaps comes in that, in that next one. Yeah, uh, I'd say. You'd probably put him in at 98 to OT. Probably take Jay-Z out and put, I don't know, Mace in there. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. The the sad thing is that you've got people like Master Ace who's been very consistent and he doesn't make any of these. And um, That's a good point. It's hard to say if I'd put him in mine, but I think his career discography is up there of anyone's, really. Master Ace, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And he had a little run around mid two thousands when he did disposable arts and then yeah. hot summer like back to back albums and they were both four and a half mic pushing five mic albums. Um, 
so yeah, I get your, I take your point here. I think you're right there. Um, but let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Oh. Yeah, but going back to what we were saying before as well about um, groups, because I feel like if you're going to split out Chuck D, then I feel like you could have split out Prodigy and had him in that 94 to 98 period, because I feel like Mob That's Deep was fucking enormous. And yeah. two, two back-to-back albums with infamous hell on earth in that period i believe so i think that would have been that would have been i think him over jay-z would be absolutely valid yeah i agree uh, okay 98 to 02 eminem dmx nelly jar rule that's also quite fair i think it's kind of fair in it like because th- that they were like because I, I, you know you, you sit you just conditioned aren't you to see like nelly and jar rule and just go Pfft good one yeah and then and then you actually remember and you think fucking hell nelly's um country grammar album was fucking enormous like that was a mega mega crossover here that wasn't just like big in hip-hop which it was but it was just massive it was just everywhere um and ja rule obviously had a fucking amazing run in that period it did yeah you can't forget that dmx was doing dmx things in 98 it was just unbelievable and then eminem slim shady lp and marshall maffers in that period so I think again, that's a fucking solid four. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid point. I'm gonna well, Nelly made Nellyville in that time as well. So he did two albums in that period. Yeah. And Nellyville was fucking massive. But when I was when I quickly just looked up Nellyville to see when it came out, it came out in 2002, and it made me think about Pharrell. Mm. Should there should there's no obviously there's no producers on this list at all, and I guess that's for a reason. It's obviously a rapper, a rapper performer kind of thing. But I did think mm, you know maybe it should be like a Pharrell or someone. But yeah, that four I can't argue with it. I mean that's a, that would be an interesting conversation if you basically had this Mount Rushmore by era, and then you were allowed to like a lot like in the same category put like two producers, so you could have like I don't know Neptune's and Timberland like O two to O six, and then like you know I don't know. We go back before that and you look at some of the other producers that were doing like ma- massive records because they don't always go hand in hand. And then then you could have had like Dre. So like 90 to 94, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Chuck D, Scarface, right? If you'd have had like GOAT producer or like MVP producer or MVP, most valuable producer, and just have like Dre there, right? Because out of all of those, he would have been interesting. We maybe may think about that for another day. Um, 02 to 06, Kanye, 50, Lil Wayne and The Game. That again just seems fucking solid to me. Little Wayne could get in a bin. He can't be on any list. <laughs> I knew, I knew one of you two were gonna gonna say that. But I mean, I hate him. Trash. I hate him. He's so trash. Like so trash. And I hate the way people try and make out that he's he's like bars are really intelligent. They're fucking rubbish. Um, but he was enormous. Like he was huge. That was the period that people point to and go, "Oh, but he was like best rapper alive." It was all that shit. I'm like at that time. I hated him because I liked 50, the game, and Kanye, and I much preferred them to him. But he was I'd, on the same footing, I think. I'd have put him the period after because I think obviously the Carter one and two did bits, but the Carter three was and he really took off and he had Lollipop and he was mm. on the Usher album, uh, was it Love in the Club? I'd have probably pushed him up to 06 to 010 and put Ludacris back earlier because Ludacris' yeah. peak was. You could eat, is that probably 98 to 02 or 02 to 06? I think Ludacris's peak is probably more then. That's a great shout to you because I, I just looking at that as well and I was thinking, I feel like Ludacris was earlier than that in terms of like when he was doing bits that I, I personally really liked. Yeah, like Word, word of Mouth and Chicken yeah. and Beer was 2001 to 2003. So I, I like that, that era of his. Also, we, we obviously took Jay Z out of 94 to 98 because he doesn't belong there. 
but where do you fit him back in? Well, when was Black Album? Because I feel oh, like... 2003, yeah. yeah. I'll probably put, I'll put it to 98 to 02 myself. Because he had Blueprint. Yes. There, and he had, um, and he had what's it, um, Hard Knock Life, I think, then. And Big Pimpin' then as well. He had Volume 3, Dynasty Album. And... Um, I, yeah, I just want to love you. So he had all those hits. That I'll probably put 98 to 02. Yeah. yeah. This, what this does show you, though, is that whilst Jay-Z had, like bad moments he has been about like since since he came out he we could put him in 94 to 98 98 to 02 and 02 to 06 his peak was long he's got the longest yeah. peak ever in hip-hop yeah all right so 06 to 10 is ti gz they've got Ludacris and rick ross but i think you're right if we switch lil wayne for Ludacris, that's again pretty good list i don't get gz i've never understood that i've never i I don't know one Jeezy song. I know he's not my like. Tar- I'm not his target audience, but I have not fucking one idea why anyone likes him or who he is. I fucking I see his name all the time. People, are like, oh, Jeezy's so influential. No, who the fuck knows anything about Jeezy? Who cares? I like. Never... Oh, I think I, I like to put on. I, want I like. I like to put on. I like um, to put on. I don't think. I mean, to be fair, looking at the rest from what from '06 till now. I'm not the target audience for a lot of the artists. I don't want to go too hard on them, but yeah, I don't know much about Jeezy, apart from Freddie Gibbs dissing him. Yeah. This this one and 14 to 18, which we're about to get to, is the weakest. Actually, actually, and then that last one as well. Fuck me. All right, carry on. But yeah, so, oh, 06 yeah. to 10 was when it started to drop down a bit. Big time. <laughs> 10 to 14, Drake, Kendrick, Nicki Minaj, J. Cole. It's a strong four. It's a first strong four. First woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shout because I feel like Miss Missy was in for a shout earlier on, but when mm. again, and we'll get into this in a minute, the landscape is so much more competitive earlier on. If in yeah. these later eras, she in her peak would have been easily in the mix in here. I mean, like her peak comparison to Nicki Minaj's peak, it's no contest for me. Like Missy was doing much better stuff, but anyway, uh, 14 to 18, future. Jesus, Young Thug, <laughs> Chance the Rapper, and Travis Scott. That is, if that was a lineup for a festival, I would rather stay home. <laughs> Absolutely shit. Uh, What's the next one? <laughs> and 18 to now, I mean, this is appalling. Cardi B, Lil Baby, Da Baby, and Roddy Rich. So, look, That's we're not saying this is the one. definitive list, right? We're not saying this is the definitive list, right? This is obviously I Am Still Punch's list. But I think the the sort of four that he puts for each thing, we only really made a couple of changes there. And I think most people would only really make a couple of changes there. So I think, like, in essence, this is quite a good, a good way to break it down. I really like the way that he's done this. So we put this in the group. And I just looked at the list, and I just made this sort of off-the-cuff comment that, Essentially, it gets weaker with every year. And if you look from, yeah, basically oh. 06 onwards, so the last good era was Kanye, 50, Lil Wayne, we'll switch that for Ludacris, and the game, when those guys were putting out bits. After that, it really gets fucking shit. Like, if you look at, I'll just pick out some names from before then, right? Tupac, Jay-Z, Nas, Notorious B.I.G., Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Chuck D, Kane, Rakim... LL Cool J, right? And then you you switch that to Roddy Rich, Chance the Rapper, Nicki Minaj, and Jeezy. Mm. So my my essence is that I think basically hip hop has died. I think it's getting, 
it's worse. It died, and what we now see is not really hip hop. It's 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 under the banner because that is just easier for to, to say that. But what is really hip hop? You know what people refer to as the culture of hip hop and the music that went with that. That is dead. Like that has gone. That's never coming back. You're never gonna get these people just kind of like making these albums and like building a culture and building a scene like that it's all about money and marketability and it's become very commercialized and not in a not in a p diddy like bling era way in just a very methodical trash the, the bars are just terrible the content is just just nonsense just absolute <laughs> bullshit uh there's no there's no creativity anymore and it hides behind well hip-hop's got to move forward and we're just doing things new you're just doing it worse you're doing it worse it's basically and i know t i know you've used this analogy before for footballers it's basically modern art we all pretend it's good but really it's fucking shit you can't tell me that you know jackson pollock flicking paint onto a canvas is better than uh, than a rembrandt it's not it's not better it's worse we've regressed and that's what's happened to hip hop. So, T, I know that you um, you disagreed with me on this. So you know what? I don't want to answer back. I think that's quite a good rant. To be <laughs> Jeez, fair, um, I what you said is completely valid. It's just hip hop as we know it is dead. Hip hop isn't dead. It will never die. And the standards have gone down. Cardi B's a reality TV show star, and I'm not having her as a rapper yeah, at no. all. So. No. That's completely that's completely valid. Um, what's in the mainstream? Obviously, it's gonna it's gonna worsen over time. But the hip hop lives forever. Now it's just more difficult to find good music. But you can say that about you know Britpop had its peak. Yeah. People still made that kind of music, but you know it's not as good as it was in the, in the mid nineties. But you know I think it'd be interesting. Maybe for the next pod, we try and make our own consensus for each of those eras mm. ourselves and put it up. Because, you know, for 10 to 14, you've got people like, you know, Black Milk, Blue. 14 to 18, you've got people like Freddie Gibbs as well, who did bits. Yeah. 18 to present, you've got, you know, Griselda. And even Joey Badass is in of a shot 14 to 18. And MF Doom probably could have been in one of the O2206 lists. So I I don't disagree that hip-hop is, is, you know, as we know it, as we understand it, is dying. But... It continues to evolve. You get offshoots like drill. You know, you got drill in the US. You got English drill. You know, you got grime that was spoken about in previous episodes. It's all just, it's all just evolving. And you know, I mean, some people would love it, but you couldn't just have the infamous just being released every year, rehashed. You know, things have got to evolve. And I guess I think the current music is more it's in the right environment. It's good, but it's not the sort of music you'd hear in your bedroom and think, "Oh God, I want to reenact that." It's mm. more the sort of music that. You, know, you go to a club, it's just a vibe. You know, you kind of got to feel it. You got to wear the music. You got to wear their skin, as Mourinho said, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but now it's completely valid that hip hop, as we know it, is it's probably died a bit. Yeah. How do yeah. you feel about it, Cal? Yeah, it was interesting when we were talking the other day about it. Um, you know, the, the, my natural reaction was like, "Tease, no, of course it hasn't. No, it hasn't died." And and I agree with T in what he says is that hip-hop never dies and i agree with that as well and there's still plenty of good mcs out there and producers out there making good music um but i think 
I think what you say, John, is completely valid. I think the quality has dropped. Um, a lot of it's quite fast food these days mm. because of the, the 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 quantity that comes out. And I think what perhaps has died is, or what perhaps has been phased out, is the the eras we were talking about. Uh, gangster rap, gangster rap. You know, we all grew up on gangster rap. That's dead. You don't. You know, one of the biggest rappers in the world, Takashi Six Nine, who you know, a rat. Um, gangster rap's dead. Uh, the golden era's gone. Coke, even coke rap's dead. You know, that's kind of gone as well. You've got Griselda, they do a little bit of that, and Gibbs does a little bit of that. But the whole coke rap era that came and went pretty quick. Um, so I think if anything has died, I think gangster rap has died. That's that's completely gone now. The West Coast is. You know, Kendrick's out there, but he's putting out an album every fucking six, seven years. And there's some other MCs out there as well doing bits. But that's the West Coast isn't the force that it was. It's nowhere near the force what it was. Um, and I think now it's a lot of it is kind of fast food and a lot of it is it's we're in the streaming era. And so everything's to come out now to get streams now. And then I'm going to put something else out in six months to get the streams again. Um, yeah. And that's and that's where we are. But there's still plenty of good hip hop out there. You just got to look for it. Yeah, I mean, look, I think these are all fair comments. I mean, on the on the West Coast thing, I think it's really interesting, and I'd not really considered it till now. But there is no difference between East, West, and South. It's all the same. There's no. If you heard J Cole, and you heard Kendrick, and you heard like I don't know another like East Coast like current rapper, mm. they all make the same instrumental. There's no regionality. There's no difference. Whereas if I play you something from the nineties, you could with if like just an obscure like East Coast rapper and an obscure West Coast rapper, you would be able to tell the difference based on the instrumentals. Musically, there were some distinct differences. And then the South created their own thing. And to be fair, the South have kind of caught like I was gonna say caused this fucking mess <laughs> 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 with the invention of like trap, because that's really what this has become. Um, across the board and so a lot of the kind of the trap sound and now obviously like the drill sounds very similar and so it's just on both coasts it's just the same I, I don't know where people come from anymore I can't I can't tell whereas if I listen to old hip-hop if I just put on a random playlist I know they're from the west coast or I know they're from the east or I know they're from the south I can't I cannot decipher the difference between the two and I think that's a real shame because I think like musically we've regressed as well because you know the difference in instrumentals from from and again, I don't want to like just be, be in the nineties. Even in the noughties, you can you can kind of tell like track to track. There's completely different instrumentation going on, but it sounds of the same era. Whereas now, like the beats are so similar in terms of the actual beats, they're the same. And then it's everything underneath that, the bass lines and like the melodies and various different like simps and flourishes and shit they use is, is different. But the beats are the same. So I'm just like I don't. Where's the creativity? Like, where's it gone? It's all become so studio-based and so easy for them to kind of um, capture and make like essentially synthetic beats that you lose the edge of a, a Q-tip searching for hours and hours and hours through records to find a drum break that no one else had. That's gone forever. So now everyone just goes, I'll oh, get an 808 and do the same drum pattern. And that's what they do. And so they all sound the fucking same. And that just really like saddens me that there aren't people trying to DIY it. It's now through technology kind of been a shortcut and people are doing it that way. And you're right. There's plenty of good hip hop out there. It's just fucking hidden and you have to cut through so much shit because there is so much more music out there now. So it's a lot harder to find it. But um 
it's interesting to me yeah. actually because you've kind of for the last 50 episodes have tried to censor me and my my disdain for southern rap but now you're kind of realizing that it is all their fault and i look forward to the day when there's a, a documentary or a movie made about you when you totally lee harvey oswald little john for causing all of this um, <laughs> yeah that's what, uh, but yes, that's, that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> mate, it's fair enough. I, I said to you boys, it feels like to me, I, I, th- I don't know if it's the very first episode, but it's one of the very early episodes of Sopranos, and he's going, and Tony's going to Dr. Melfi, oh. and he's sitting there, and he's like, oh, my dad and like his friends had it the best, and I feel like I've come into it with all the worst stuff. So like everyone's a rat. You can't really make as much money as you used to make. Like, And we ha- you know, they had the best of it. They had the golden era. That's how I feel about hip-hop. I feel like I didn't live through all the good stuff. I've like discovered it in the same way as like mob guys look back on like the fifties and sixties and like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Like all this cool stuff, but they're now living in this world going, Oh, but we've just got the shit bit. We've just got to stick with it. And we've got to listen to all this shit hip hop. And it's that's like, how I feel. It's like birds of their trophies. eh? Exactly, mate. Exactly. So whichever fucking route I choose to enjoy my life, I always pick the option that was better before. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. Somewhere in another life, I think I was a sadomasochist. But anyway, um, right. We are at the halfway point of episode 50. So we're going to go into our halftime hype track. Uh, this week, an artist, uh, Kay Faraway. Track is No Way from the 2020 album Set It Off. Uh, if you want to hear more tracks from our Halftime Hype playlist, go to Spotify and just search for it, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, and we'll put all the links and descriptions to the track as well this week. So uh, this is K Faraway, No Way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look. I need to level the playing field. Every day at the trips the hills I'm not talking LA, I'm still in the ends I've been plotting, plotting with a couple friends Couple man talk like we owe them something I've been 90 since I left the oven I go hammy, hammy like I pulled a muscle for the family I swear all I know is hustle Get it how you living, I can never knock it Count my blessings, don't subtract the losses Been a worker, know a couple bosses Ain't no Michael Scott when we get in the office Making that paper like Dunder Mifflin Before the show, we hardly left the kitchen Only duppies when I touch the rhythm Pleading guilty, you understand I had to kill him Yeah, wait Find the ladder, kill the snakes Had to mash the gas, I could never take a break Money coming fast, feel like I just got erased Devils on my back, wish they could get me erased Wait, no way, no way Devils on my back, wanna take me out the game Wait, no way, no way Hey, no way, no way This that stuff you crash a whip to Music you can hit a lick too I mean I didn't have to go and make it that But I've said it now and I can't take it back Unacceptable how I start singing and switch I'm really it, seen a couple man cap and they clown on the mic That they taking the piss Here for a hit and they never come back again I want longevity, I never dip If I start to speak I'm in big trouble I need some space, I might drive out like OJ Pass up on Nani like Samba, that's Ole I took the scale from the start, that was Do Re Mi Fo So like Tito, I am so sick of it, oh man I'm Neo I'm a John Wick, come on and that's on Neo Yeah, wait Find the ladder, kill the snakes Had to mash the gas, I could never take a break Money coming fast, feel like I just got erased Devils on my back, wish they could get me erased Wait, no way, no way Devils on my back, wanna take me out the game Wait, no way, no way So that was your halftime hype track, K Faraway 
Uh, the track is called No Way from the album Set It Off. It's on the Halftime Hype playlist on Spotify. Go and check it out. Uh, right, part three. This is The Choice Is Yours. So The Choice Is Yours is a choice between two things and why. It could be an album, could be artist, comedian, sneaker brand. We try and keep it as relevant as possible to the week of recording. Or we get questions from our lovely listeners and we decide to fuck this section off and just do whatever we want, which is what we've done this week. So we had a question from Tommy Corduroy on Instagram. And he says, basically, me and my friends converse about what five artists you would take with you on the rocket ship to planet B, and in brackets, Earth is dying. The artist you take with you would essentially be in charge of creating and curating all future music. We do this question for all genres, but which two to three artists would you take on your rocket? So, T, I'm going to start with you. What what do we think should be the rules here? Are we going to do like all genres, but from hip hop artists? So, like, you've got to pick two to three hip hop artists that will do the best job possible of as many genres as they can. Is that a good way to segue into hip hop, or are we going to do any musician? I think hip hop will probably be because we, we could be here all night if we do any yeah. genre. But the artist I was going to name. Isn't exactly hip hop, but he kind of is. All right. Um, the first artist I would pick would be Flying Lotus because mm, he's just constantly reinventing his sound and he's always evolving all the time. He listens to like rare Japanese anime stuff and he interverse, intersperses it into his music, mm. as I say. So, um, I'll probably pick Flying Lotus. And if you're not that familiar with him, we did a track with Kendrick Lamar called. Never going to catch me. This is one of my favourite songs of the last decade. So I'd pick Flying Lotus as one. Bang. Um, Cal, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. Do you want to chuck an artist from, from the hip-hop community or extended hip-hop community that would do the best job of cur- curating all future music for the world? It's really, really tough, isn't it? To, mm. to think of just one. Do you know what? When I, when I, first, when I first saw this question... I, like T, didn't think of a hip-hop artist. I thought of Mark Rebillet. Mm, because he makes fun music. And I think if you're going to take music to another another planet, I think it's got to be catchy and I think it's got to be fun. Mm. Um, and so that was my my first thought of, of someone that, of someone that's, um, you know, that's quite, that'd be quite good. I also would just take Ghostface as well because I think he can make any type of music. <laughs> If yeah. I'm gonna take a rapper, I'd probably take Ghostface because he can make, he can do a little bit of singing. He can make super gully rap music. He can do stuff that sounds soulful. I'd take Ghostface. It's, it's fair. I um the, the people that popped into my head initially because I was thinking about this from like a, a curating point of view, right? Which is that the other two are like maybe making loads of shit, right? Loads of different genres. So Flying Lotus is making mad house tracks and I mm-hmm. know Ghostface is making like some like mad hip hop thing, right? So you need someone who's got an ear for like, well, guys, we need to make this type of track or we need to try and create this, an homage to these eyes. So I thought Questlove would be quite good because I kind of mm-hmm. feel like he's um, one of those people who is a real ambassador and curator of music and black music in particular. And so I feel like he would do a good job. Plus like session music doing the drums right and being part of the roots thought that would be quite a cool thing the other person i thought of like instinctively was for kind of similar reasons um will i am 
not particularly cool choice, but I feel like he really knows his house. Like he's really into house music, and I think that would be important. Plus, he obviously knows kind of hip hop and how to create hip hop records. He's made pop records, which ultimately all music that's successful is popular music. So I feel like he would be good for that. And again, like just being you know, hearing the things he's into, those kind of soul Motown influences, maybe the the music he would create for this new earth could be cover a lot of bases. Mm. I would the other name I've got is Mad Lib. Yeah, it's a shout. Do you know what? that's so weird that you said Mad Lib because did you guys hear that Mad Lib's making an album with Logic? Logic! Trash! Trash. <laughs> so I think this... Logic should go. That, that goes at a roadcaster. <laughs> Logic. Trash. 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 So how the fuck... Hang on. First of all, Logic retired so he could just not be retired. Classic. Absolute yeah. fucking classic. We all called it on this podcast where he was like, yeah, I'm retiring. We were like, give it six months. Um, I think it's been six months. Um, madly, that's a, that is a weird choice. However, I'm going to listen to that. I am going to listen to it. I know I will because it's Madlib. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But it is weird. Logic will do anything for attention. He is he is very much of this generation mm. um, where it's all about attention. Uh, lack of attention or getting attention is a pandemic. Um, and yeah, he's very much part of that where it's like, give me attention by any means necessary. Uh, but I'll listen to it. I don't mind. I, like I said, I've said before, f- five or six Logic songs are pretty good. I don't mind some of his stuff, but most of it is trash. Garbage. Garbage. Um... What about Kanye? Seems no. like we've overlooked him. I feel no. like he'd be a really good choice. No, he wouldn't. I think a prime Kanye West wouldn't would, would be a good choice because he did um You Don't Know My Name with Alicia Keys. Mm. Did mm. talk about I Love of Brandy, which is still one of her best songs. And in between that he did stuff with Jay Z on uh, what, Blueprint and on the Black Album mm. and stuff with Luda. So a prime Kanye West would definitely be a shout. Also yeah. He's getting divorced, and post breakup, Kanye is a beast in the studio. And so I think there's that actually is a shout, you know. Yeah, I think I just I feel like look, we all know my feelings on current Kanye. He's not made a good album for ages, but he he is brilliant, and he is he is capable. Like we know it's capable. I mean, again, I feel like this is another, sorry for, for anyone who listens to this, it's not a Spurs fan, but he's a bit of a Jose before the start of the first season at Spurs where it was like, yeah, but he used to be good. If we could just give one more chance, one more roll of the dice, he could be brilliant again. I think it's, it's worth taking that risk because, um, he's got it in him. And also he's another one where I know that he really appreciates house music. I know that he really appreciates, uh, soul and Motown and jazz records and I think that he could cover a lot of bases if that was like the brief right the brief is create what jazz would be like create what hip hop would be like create what Motown would be like I think he'd be fucking great at that Yeah, and actually that's what that's what I'd, I'd like someone to just go hi Kanye um, we're going to space um, Elon Musk's worked it out um, what we need to do is to actually just make some really good Kanye hip hop for the for the future world can you just like basically remake what you used to do um, for the world, trick him into it and then just release it as his new album and everyone would love it. <laughs> Works for me. Simple. Mm, I like it. Cheers for the question, Tommy. That was a good one. Enjoyed that, boys. Um, right. Part four. 
It's the questions. This is the questions where we answer any listener question. We got we got a few, but one really stood out to us, which I think will kind of round out this this fiftieth uh, episode of Notorious POD. It's a very simple question but very difficult. And I've been thinking about this one all day because I'm like, there's so many ways to go with this. And my answer will be a cliche, but I am, um, I guess that's kind of the point of the question. One album to define the golden era of hip hop is a fucking great question. Uh, Cal, I'm going to come to you first, mate. When you, when you saw this question, where did your mind go? You don't have to give me a, like your ultimate answer, but what just, what were the first things that popped into your head when you read that line? I thought Illmatic straight away. I know that's really lazy and really cliche, but it was just the first four that popped into my head. Mm. Um, it was uh, a young, hungry rapper raising the bar for everybody else. It's it's an album that's still spoken about today. People speak about it with such reverence, even other MCs. Uh, I remember Jay-Z saying about it that basically he, wanted, he didn't, didn't want to write for ages after hearing it. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, for me, that was my first four. And then I started to think about Wu-Tang. I started to think about 36 Chambers. I started to think about uh, those you know, those guys as well. But my first thought was Illmatic. Perhaps that's lazy. Perhaps I've been trained into thinking that. Um, but it was my first thought. And how about you, T? What was like your first thoughts when you saw this question? It was Illmatic, but it's also um, La- uh, Ready to Die. Mm. Because mm. the album has you know, a bit of commercial, a bit of gully stuff. But in my head, I feel that the golden era ended in 93. And probably, a lot of people probably have it till 1996. Mm. So, well, probably from what, 87 to 93, I'd probably, I'd probably have it as. So that kind of reduces it a bit more. Right. Because um, when you talk about the classic, we talk about the golden era of hip hop, we don't talk about enough about, in my opinion, the Strata, Compton, uh, Texas Nation and Millions, um, mm. Criminal Minded. Uh, what the fuck is there? Being Rakim album, um, paid in full. Paid in full. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we more talk about you know reasonable doubt, illmatic, laugh after death. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I, the only reason I say ready to die is because it's, it's just I just think it's such a diverse album. It's what eighteen tracks long. It's got the gully stuff. It's got the heartfelt stuff. It's got a little cheesy, you know, hook like Juicy does. So I'll probably pick ready to die. And Cal, what would you what would your actual choice be, or would it would it be your matic? Oh, I think. Would you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a fundamentalist, and I'm gonna go with T's thing of eighty eight to ninety three. You said T, right? Um, if it was my personal choice, it'd be the Chronic, uh, because I was a West Coast guy growing up. But it was all about the West Coast. That came out in ninety two, um, and it was when the West Coast sounded. It was quite. It had its own sound, um, and it had a funk kind of sound a lot of you know you could it was um you could obviously see like george clinton influence and things like that on the nwa stuff and uh the compton's most wanted stuff but when it started to really become g-funk was when um the chronic came out um and that was a special album and so just because i we was my i grew up in a west coast house we were all west coast hip-hop fans even all my brothers that aren't really into hip-hop everyone liked west coast hip-hop in my house and so i'm gonna say the chronic fair enough well i'm um fuck t's rules 
uh, first of all. I, I think 98 is the end of the golden era. So I picked now. 98? Yeah. I think that's the end of, there's, there's like the last good albums kind of around then. Anyway, I'm picking for something from 95. Uh, I'm going to pick Mob Deep's The Infamous, and I'm going to tell you why. I've got very methodical reasons why. So when you want to try and sum up the golden era, not only like was I thinking about this, because I did the same thing, right? Illmatic, Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Um, and and even um, even I was thinking about the chronic as well, because I was like, it's so like era-defining. But what I would say about, like let's say, two extremes, like 36 Chambers and the chronic, they're so like, their sound is so specific to those coasts and to them in a certain way like actually 36 chambers is unlike any other album of that era like it's, it's really unique in a way so whilst it was massive i don't think like you could play that to someone and that that would kind of give them a feel for the whole thing and the reason i think the infamous works in this example is because of like the features and the people involved so again if you think about like everyone all of us thought about Ilmatic. well nas is on this album and his verse is fucking amazing. So if you only heard this, you'd be like, oh, who's this guy? Nas, wow. Okay, amazing. Raekwon and Ghostface are on this album. So that's the Wu-Tang box ticked. Uh, it's also, there's some production and a feature from Q-Tip, who is one of the one of the pioneers of hip-hop, especially in this golden era. Um, it has also one of the best hip-hop singles of all time in Shook One's part two. Like one of the most like defining for like golden era hip-hop. So I just thought, like, when you add all those things together, it's like a really compelling argument for why it it might be a good choice for this um, particular question. That's why I went for the infamous boys, which seems like a cliched answer, but because you know that how much I love them and how much I love the album. But I hope I've justified that. Well, you, you didn't you didn't say hell enough, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I also think hell enough is great, but not not anywhere near this category of best ever albums to define the golden era of hip hop. Uh, right. Anything else? Anyone wants to talk about? Yeah, I do. You know, uh, I, I think what I would like actually, I've got two things I want to talk about. One of them, let's. There's first one. As it's the 50th episode, what's some of your favourite moments in the first 50 episodes? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I really liked it when we we actually recorded in my old office, mm-hmm. one of the very first um, hip hop forums, and. I was basically talking, I was fawning over Big L and you basically went, Big L is just like Tesco's own brand baked beans. And we were just <laughs> we were just laughing for like 10 minutes, uh, unable to continue. That was good. Also enjoyed it when you called me Bootcut Bass uh, for the first time. Mm. Uh, that was pretty good. Lots of laughs. Uh, Pete and Baz, that's, that was a pretty, pretty good moment. All, all the guest features we've had, Genesis Elijah and um, everyone else that we've had on, Jada Virgo, people like that. Um, so yeah, I like. I'd say that would be mine. What about you? When T's internet died, <laughs> uh, I was uh, going to uh, say the same uh, one. Uh. Yeah, that was good fun. That was That's, good. That that would have been mine. I think COVID has murdered most of these pods, though. So we've had to do them all remotely. But hopefully, when the restrictions ease, we'll do we'll do more in person. But yeah, yeah. the big R one was was a par. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely savage. Actually, I tell you what, I really enjoyed when we when we were doing sort of like oh what's what would you introduce to people to listen to i think someone asked us like what would you you know what are you listen to at the moment and that was the first time you sort of introduced to us nems and the garbage thing <laughs> oh shit yeah <laughs> that was fucking funny 
garbage. Fuck you. What did he say? He said, I'll fuck your wife and nut- I'll kill you. Fuck your wife and nut in your urn. <laughs> that is the goat bar. Yeah. That is, that is like nuts in your urn. I remember when I heard it, I was, I put the album on. I was kind of like sweeping up and kind of tidying up in my, in my bedroom. And then I heard that bar and I just stopped in my tracks and just turned and faced the computer. And like, what did he just say? It's like, I fuck you, nut in your urn. I was like, raw. Just and it's next, over who next, next well. level stuff. Um, <laughs> come, it's over who, who it's over um, who shot you, isn't shot it? The you. biggie, yeah, like a remix of that. Yeah, it's, yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. it's brutal. To be yeah. honest, what's that album called? Uh, Gorilla Monsoon. No, something like that. Yes. Yes, that, I think that's right. Yeah, that is a fucking good album. I enjoyed that a lot, mate. Because I listened to it, I thought oh, I'll go listen to this because it's just savage, and I actually found myself really enjoying it. That was one of the, the better, um, the better sort of like more modernish hip hop that I've listened to for a long time. I really enjoyed that album. It was great, and um, yeah, the the track called Garbage is just so funny. It's just so <laughs> funny. Just listing like the most like <laughs> just know? nonsense things. Oh, I looked at your Instagram feed. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, your SoundCloud page is garbage. garbage. And then he says, and then on the ad lib, he goes, one follower. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, if it's like, if it's knowing, it's so funny. Like, yeah. super, super funny. And if it's not, it's just hilarious anyway. Yeah, um, yeah fucking great. Uh, go on then, Karen. What was the other question? The only other point I wanted to make was that for people that you're probably wondering what we're going to do for episode 51 and I can re- re- uh, reveal to you all right now what it is we're going to do. We're going to do a three hour special on the new Lloyd Banks album, The Course of the Inevitable, which is out this Friday, June the 4th. Uh, do you know what, mate? Do you know what? I'm actually yeah. really looking forward to it because uh, the like sort of little trails and little bits and pieces are sounding very good. I'm actually, like, all jokes aside, I'm actually like, this could be really good. I'm quite excited for it. So we will definitely, because obviously by the time it comes out, we'll be back onto the following week will be the week we record. So we will definitely be reviewing that album because oh, yes. when we See, banter... You have to listen to it now. <laughs> yeah, you've got to listen to it. Mainly that was the reason. That was my motivation. Like, fuck it, just make T listen to it. It'd be funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also I just think like, look, we talk about we talk about these artists all the time in like banter terms. Like we've got to, you know, we've got to review them. We've got to give them a fair crack of the whip. So... Fuck it, we're going in on Lloyd Banks. Can't wait. And also, yes. also, if it's trash, then we get to fucking trash it. T. We get to trash it and watch. Cow oh, I cry. love that. Yeah. So it better be good, otherwise you are you fucking getting it, mate. Open season on Lloyd Banks. It's fine. That's fine. I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm not worried. We'll the classic. Double XL. <laughs> Double XL. Source five mics. It's gonna be a classic. I I, I can see it. I think he's gonna win a Grammy. Oh, he's gone early. He's gone so early. He's going to win a Grammy. Love it. Imagine Fuck he wins the Grammy, becomes the biggest rapper in the world. Imagine, imagine it was what we were talking about earlier, which is like this is the album that like brings hip hop back from the dead, and they're like oh in God. ten years time, they're just like, well, obviously, you know, twenty twenty one was the Lloyd Banks era. I mean, he fucking absolute goated it, mate. He fucking dropped the best album hip hop's heard since Illmatic. I mean, we don't know. Imagine it could be. It could Never be. Know. Never know. He's like having, you know, it could be a year from now. He's having dinner with Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You know, him and Jay Z, and Jay Z's like having to go. Oh, thank you, Mr. Banks. You know, yeah. Wine for him. You never yeah. know. He's at the Rockefeller brunch, and he's just like, oh, I'll get, I'll get the bill. And Jay Z's like, well, yeah, but it's my. I've put the whole thing. It's all paid. For. No, no, it's fine. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like he's got that much cat. He's done that well um, out of it, which would be really nice to see. Um, boys, been a pleasure. Um, obviously it's the 50th episode couldn't have done it without you lads been a been great and i think the, these hip-hop forums are a lot of fun so um take this moment to thank you both very much thank you. um 
if you've enjoyed the episode please leave us a review just rate and review what we'd really like is just to leave us your like personal favorite five rappers and then in return all we ask for is just to leave us little five stars as a little review um you know the guy you know the guy who left us the review about no research yeah so I didn't realize this, but you can you can basically like edit your reviews. So you can go can back and ch- you? yeah, you can go back and change them because the same guy has come back and had a go about our internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I thought, oh no, this is Cal. He's just he's just set up a burner and he's just mugging us off for it's material. And I was like, it's it's just some random geezer who just comes on and gives us three stars, but like compliment always goes. Oh, I enjoyed the pod, but and then just fucking guns us. And like, this time it was like, yeah, really, um, yeah, really good pod. But it'd be great if you could sort out your internet connection. It's quite difficult to listen to. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake. Um, so if we could get that guy down the list by just getting more positive feedback, if you've enjoyed it, obviously, then that would be great. If you want to give us questions uh, and like just reach uh, out to us. Like send us your music, especially for like up and coming artists, or if your friend is an up and coming artist, or just an artist that deserves a bit more shine, then get us on Twitter or Instagram, Notorious Pod, or you can go onto our flashy new website, NotoriousPod.com. You can read lovely articles by James Holder, all about hip hop. Um, so yeah, just go and check that out, boys. If they want to find you, um, Cal, where can people find you? BC the Grand Slam everywhere. BC the Grand Slam everywhere, and T. Thelonious Fourth everywhere. Lovely. Well, thanks for joining us and get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and Team for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show, so please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious P-O-D. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J-O-N-B-A-S-S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.